Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to Parish Notices, an arts and media podcast. I am your host, Sam Parish, and it is a late night here in London in mid-March. Uh, my voice is in a little bit of a state of disrepair at the moment, so I'm going to try and keep this episode a little more mellow. I've not yet been struck down by COVID-19, but it has been suggested to me that it would probably be best to segue into reviewing things that can be easily consumed in the home, so I'll keep that in mind going forward. Uh, but for today, I have a couple of movie reviews for you. So I'm going to get straight into those. Thanks so much for listening. First up, we have Calm with Horses. Now, this is probably the film that I've left the least amount of time between seeing and reviewing. I haven't really let my thoughts percolate as much as I usually do. I got straight out of the cinema and started writing my notes on it. Uh, it was directed by Nick Rowland in his directorial debut, starring Cosmo Jarvis, Barry Keogh, and Neem Olga. It was also produced by Michael Fassbender's production company, and we can only hope that his production credits are a little more consistent than his acting credits. I believe Ralph Seppi Jr. said it best when he said that he seems to pick his projects by dartboard. <laughs> the film concerns brutal gang violence and family drama in rural Ireland, uh, as Douglas the Arm Armstrong, a former boxer and a heavy to the notorious Dever crime family, tries to provide for his severely autistic son. Now, I don't know if I would have seen this movie just based on the marketing alone, on the trailers and on the pitch that the movie was given, but I found out that the National Autistic Society had actually consulted on the movie, provided a little bit of material, and there had been some sort of rewriting that had been done, some reshooting, and I thought that seemed to show a level of goodwill and good faith on the part of the, the producers, so I, I thought I'd give it a shot. And I will say that I wasn't disappointed. Uh, it's impressive to see Nick Rowland already sort of developing his signatures. One of my strongest memories of the movie is this use of depth of field that sort of permeates it throughout. Often modern films seem very flat in their focus, but this movie really uses what's in focus, what's out of focus. It draws your attention into these intimate scenes. At points, it's used to create sort of affection and, and portray that, and at points, it creates really disquieting uncomfortable scenes it's very effective there's a few elements that don't work as well there's a couple of moments that i remember specifically where they use this kind of jump cutting mechanism reminded me a little bit of nymphomaniac by lars von trier if you've been unfortunate enough to have seen that and it didn't work for me at all it also opens this very lackluster narration that really detracts from the movie overall the movie's very good at giving you information but there's this narration at the beginning that really just lays it out and almost felt like it must have been a studio mandate because it's completely out of tenor with the rest of the movie that being said and despite an overall lack of visual flair i thought the dialogue was really excellently done especially the scenes between douglas and his family the characters are all very likable and funny throughout although some people might find the thicker accents a little bit illegible. Really, the whole thing is tied together by our central character, this beautiful, tragic, violent, fragile character of Douglas. Cosmo Jarvis has been a working actor for the last 10 years or so, 
but in this movie it's a real coming out party for him he's he's completely out of this world the attention to detail in his performance not only because he's this incredible physical presence and yet somehow you always buy him as a very vulnerable person the the attention to detail matches his completely raw emotion there's no ego to the performance it's it's quite beautiful there's a sequence where he's on the phone to his co-parent which just encompasses a huge amount of emotion and it really had me tearing up and that's just one of a host of really grand performances throughout i think it would be easy for a story which is at its core really about the autistic spectrum in a lot of ways uh, it would be easy for a film like that to feel very poor taste in the context of this brutal gritty crime drama however overall i found it in pretty good taste uh, the scenes with arms autistic son are pretty naturalistic uh, there's also this degree of implication that Arm himself is somewhere on the autistic spectrum. And if so, credit for doing an amazingly atypical autistic character in, in modern media. It all exists somewhere at the intersection of Cosmo Jarvis's performance and these really sad scenes, some of the saddest scenes of the movie that have this implication that Arm's being consciously manipulated by people pretending to be his friends. I think the greatest weakness of the movie is probably its third act. It really struggles to resolve in an interesting or satisfying way. Uh, the movie stretches on just a little too long before abruptly ending. Uh, it doesn't so much feel like this subversion or this kind of bleak comment on the genre, like something like No Country for Old Men. It more sort of feels like the film throws a lot of plates into the air or gets a lot of plates spinning and then fails to catch any of them before they hit the floor. With all that being said, however, and despite all of the movie's flaws, it's getting a massive thumbs up and a hearty recommendation from me. But tissues advise, it's a violent tearjerker. Moving swiftly on, we're going to be talking about Parasite. I have left it a little late to review this movie, uh, perhaps on account of the fact I was sure I wouldn't do it justice. Uh, the movie is directed by Bong Joon-ho. He's one of my absolute favourite working directors. If you have the time, I definitely recommend looking into his other movies, uh, Snowpiercer in particular, and the Netflix exclusive Ukja, which I've, yeah, I've just realised is uh, on Netflix. So if you're fearing coronavirus, then that's one you can see without leaving the house. The movie stars Song Kang-ho, Lee Sung-kyun, Cho Yo-jong, Choi Woo-shik, Park So-dam, Jang Ye-jin, and Lee Jung-yun. And I will say, there's not a joker in the pack in this movie. Everyone brings their A-game. Everyone is absolutely fantastic. Uh, especially Song Kang-ho playing the emotionally compromised deadbeat dad. I have no idea how he didn't win more awards in the West for this movie. Now, I saw this movie with little to no information about the plot. I just saw the very enigmatic trailer that everybody else did. And I recommend that you do the same. Uh, I'll only say this. It's about a South Korean family fallen on hard times who are ready to do anything, anything to make ends meet. Now, it is a foreign language movie. But everyone I've spoken to agrees that it's not too long into the film that you completely forget that you're reading subtitles. Something about 
the pace of this film, the presentation of it, the effort in the translation of subtitling makes it completely unobtrusive and completely seamless. So if you're intimidated by subtitled films, foreign language films, anything like that, this is not the movie to be intimidated by. You should definitely see it. There is something so rewarding about seeing a director like Jun Ho at the height of his craft from an emerging film market like South Korea. The film is is so expertly made and slick, but it's got so much visual imagination. It's got so many new ideas. Like, it makes a wipe cool. I'm pretty sure that hasn't been done since Star Wars. I honestly don't know what to compare it to. That's the beauty of it. It's so unlike Western thrillers like Hitchcock. Uh, There's a sequence in the movie of the family running down the hill through the rain under an underpass to their house, and it should be played in museums. Like, it's so visually exciting, this film. If you're familiar with Jun Ho's work, his politics are pretty obvious, and he doesn't shy away from putting those in his movies. And I've known for some people... They found it a little bit overbearing in his previous projects, but I don't believe that's the case here. There's a very heavy theme of class, but it's deeply grounded in the journey of our core characters, and I think first and foremost you care about them, and I think you engage with those themes after the fact. I think it's very well passed out in that regard. Don't mistake my meaning, though. It's not some navel-gazing character study. It is a great nail-biting thriller. Uh, I think I audibly said at one point in the cinema, oh my god, what the hell is going to happen? Like, it is very effective, and it is incredibly darkly funny. Again, the merit of it being a South Korean movie, just some of the unique ideas in it. Some of these characters may be stock in South Korean cinema, but they come across as completely fresh to me. Overall, the verdict, very simply, see it. However you can, it is my favourite movie of the year so far. That's going to wrap up this episode of Parish Notices and Arts and Media Podcast. I've been Sam Parish. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to reach out, suggest anything to review, be sure to contact us at Parish Podcast on Twitter. Be sure to follow the podcast on Spotify, review it on iTunes, whatever is your preference. Take care. Travel safe. <laughs>